Are you ready to press reset on 2020? I know I am. That's why I can't wait for the Black Friday sale of the year. It can be a headache trying to manage what feels like the 10 different programs I use to run my business. Luckily, I've just discovered a much easier solution. Sprout Studio is an all-in-one studio management system that combines the functionalities of a CRM, like sending customized proposals, contracts, and questionnaires, with the added features of gallery delivery, scheduling appointments, email marketing, and bookkeeping. They are having a once-in-a-lifetime sale this Black Friday as a gift to the photographer and filmmaker community. From November 27th to the 30th, that's Black Friday through Cyber Monday, you can get 30% off any Sprout Studio plan for up to three years. I've just started my free trial, and I am so excited that I'll already know my way around the platform by the time Black Friday rolls around. To sign up or to learn more, visit sproutredo.com slash levelup. That's S-P-R-O-U-T. R-E-D-O dot com slash level up. You are listening to episode 53 of the Level Up Your Wedding Film Business Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Ben Jornet about breaking free of the mold as a wedding filmmaker. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of this show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level and I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. Ben Jornet has been a wedding filmmaker for nearly 10 years now and is based in Auckland, New Zealand. He also hosts his own podcast called Show Love and started that about a year and a half ago as a way to connect with fellow creatives in the industry and strengthen the wedding filmmaking community down in New Zealand and Australia. Ben is a big old nerdy dad who loves Dungeons and Dragons and skateboarding, and he tries to bring a super upbeat, fun, nostalgic vibe to his wedding films. Hey, Ben. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Hey, no worries. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, you are my first international filmmaker on the show. Um, I've been getting lots of questions from people from different countries, (laughs) like wanting to hear someone other than people from the U.S., so I'm happy to have you here. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for having me. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to hear kind of like a fresh perspective um, because I think that um, being in the U.S. and having so many like big names being in the U.S., it kind of can become like an echo chamber and that's all we really hear, but we're just like such a small part of the world. And so um, I want to hear about New Zealand and kind of what's going on over there. Um, Before we get into that, though, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started in wedding filmmaking? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, my name is Ben Jornet. Um, um, yeah, wedding filmmaker um, down here in New Zealand. I've been filming weddings for, what, like nine, nine years? Um, and, yeah, I got started filming weddings. Uh, the first wedding I filmed was the first wedding I, I ever went to, and it was my ex-girlfriend's wedding. Um, so that was that was interesting. Um, no, it was great. So I yeah I, I, I started off filming um, dancing actually. I, I I used to be a dancer and I started making like little dance videos in my garage with my friends and then started to figure out how can I make some money from this and started seeing these cool cinematic DSLR wedding films coming out of the US and I was like no one in New Zealand's really doing that. I'm going to try that. Um, there was a couple of people at the time, but it was very new here, um, you know, nine years ago. Um, so, yeah, jumped on that bandwagon, um, 
my ex was getting married. So I was like, do you mind if I film your wedding for free? And just sort of went from there, really. Nine years later, here I am. Well, that's a pretty wild start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it's cool. It's actually, it was, I, so I, I had this great idea of like getting a cool shot of um, Hannah uh, leaving in the limo to like go to the church. And I was like, cool, got this great shot. And I was like slowly walking back to my car and then like halfway to the church, I was like, she's going to park up and walk straight into the church. I'm going to miss her walking down the aisle. And I did. <gasps> I'm, I'm, I, I missed her walking down the aisle. Oh, no. But that was fine. They didn't like that. Well, I don't think they noticed in the edit. They were were all very happy and stuff. So I I never made that mistake again. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I should have um, had you save that story for my wedding film horror stories, like episodes. I'm about to come out with a part two to that one. So you can you can play on repeat for that. There we go. Maybe I'll have to have you go a little deeper into the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. So you're in New Zealand. So can you tell me a little bit about who you serve? Like what type of clients are you serving? Um, and then getting into a little bit of what you charge, if you don't mind. Sure thing. So I I tend to serve kind of the higher end market here in New Zealand. It's nothing like it is in the US. Um, we don't really have a sustainable high end market of the kind of like 10 grand level. Um, for wedding films that you guys have in the states, but um, I yeah tend to service sort of couples in their late twenties, early thirties, young p- professionals. Um, you know, couples who like you know went to private school and are both sort of you know high end working professionals and stuff. Um, and yeah, I tend to charge uh, about. On average, about six thousand New Zealand dollars per wedding, and that uh, converts to about four grand US. Um, yeah, so that's sort of r- roughly what I'm charging here. Um, the yeah, like I said, the the wedding film sort of industry here here in New Zealand is relatively new, so like everyone's still like slowly clawing their prices up and up and up there are like some photographers here who can charge between you know seven and eight nine grand a wedding um there's not re- videographers aren't really there yet um in new zealand um but yeah we're getting there yeah i mean it definitely just takes those first few trailblazers to kind of like clear a path um mm. for the rest and it's hard to be a trailblazer yeah. <laughs> so it might take a little while mm. for for a couple people to to push past that but i think that's kind of how it is in like a lot of markets yeah um cool so the topic of today's episode is going to be disrupting conventions in wedding filmmaking which I think that's such a fun topic because um, a lot of us just kind of look and see what other people are doing and try to emulate that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's how a lot of people start and just because um, we like what we see and we want to create more of that. But I think it's really special when you can find um, a style that's really unique to yourself and that's really pushing past um, all the noise of everything else that you see. And that's something that Ben, I see you doing a lot in your wedding films. Um, they're really unique. Even just like the opening sequences look nothing like opening sequences from other films that that I watch. They don't follow like that same like routine, that same like mold. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that, can I just hear from you a little bit about 
what you think the conventional <laughs> way to film weddings is. Like, what's the yeah. norm? So I guess like the the convention that I am I'm sort of moving away from is something that I I I'm not saying I'm uh, apart from this. I, this is, is something that I I used to, to do myself, but um, film everything in slow motion put a really dramatic emotional um piece of music to it and try and find the sappiest bit of vows or or speeches you can find and just try and make everyone cry through the entire five minute film um that's that's the sort of convention that i'm trying to move away from um and not to say that's bad but i feel like you know after doing wedding for so weddings, weddings for so long um i realized there's so much more to a wedding like the the um ability we have to like manipulate people's emotions and to make them feel so much that they cry watching something that we make is a really intoxicating power you have as <laughs> as an it it, 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 it isn't it's, it's something that draws a lot of people in you know they they start making w- 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 wedding films and they're like holy shit i can make people cry with what i you know with what i make i'm amazing i'm gonna keep doing this um and pe- people just keep you know pumping out like you know slow emotion you sort of start to figure out what's going to you know turn the dials to make someone um you know cry the most from a wedding film um and there's yeah there's nothing wrong with that but it just it just i guess results in um the same kind of film happening over and over again and the same kind of um way those memories are being recorded you know recorded over and over and over again and um I guess I just sort of got to a point where I was like, weddings are fun, and I want to make wedding films that are f- as fun as the you know the time I'm experiencing when I'm at them. Especially if, you know, and for the dancing and in the morning, I'm like you know I'm like laughing and having a joke and having a good time with, um you know the the the, the bridal party. Like I feel like I'm I'm laughing more than I'm crying at a wedding and 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 smiling. I want my wedding films to feel like that. And so that's kind of where I started to push my films and push my focus in my films. And yes, I still incorporate some parts that try and make people cry when, you know, there's an emotional bit um, because that is still part of a wedding, but um, trying to balance that with all the other emotions that exist on a date as well. I love that. And um, I think it's a really great point to, to make that, there's going to be a client out there for everybody and different people are going to be drawn to different work. So if you are the kind of person who likes to create films that are slow motion, that really like to play on um, emotions too, like mm. just, just because we're having this conversation doesn't mean yeah. you're doing anything wrong. That's no, my absolutely. personal style too. And a lot of yeah. people like that, but a lot mm. of people like what Ben is doing too. And it's great mm. that they have they now have an option um, other mm. than the conventional, which is mm. great. Like we're able to serve um, the market well because we're all making different things that appeal to different people. So the purpose of this episode is just to give everyone kind of an idea of what's out there, what's possible. You don't have to follow what everyone else is doing. You can kind of do something different and like to give you like a a sense of permission to like do something different if that's what you want. So anyway, I don't want anyone to take this as like hate on your style. Cause that's not absolutely. No, absolutely. That's, uh, that's, I guess not my point is, as you're right. It's more about showing, um, what can what a wedding film can be because often mm-hmm. when you see the same thing over and over again um i mean it's it's like any kind of 
representation like the, the just 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 seeing what is possible is is enough to open up that option in your mind um yeah, and it wasn't and so it wasn't until yeah it wasn't until i started seeing w- wedding film it's, it's not like i came up with this out of like nowhere i saw <laughs> fun exciting wedding films that that i thought broke the mold and was like shit i want to do that so it wasn't until i saw them that i got the idea so yeah you're right it's all it's, it's all about just knowing what's out there and honing in on what resonates best with you not just going oh well i guess this is what a wedding film is and this is what it has to be yeah the possibilities are really endless Mm -hmm. and seeing someone kind of breaking free of the mold shows you that so i love that um so (laughs) i mentioned this to you before we started recording but um if anyone wants to hop on over to uh to ben's website and watch this film it's great um i'll link it in the show notes but at one moment in one of his films, he gives this little girl like a Super 8 camera and tells her to interview people. And it's like the best thing I've ever seen in a wedding film. Like, um, because the answers that you're going to give a little girl are way different than what you're going to give a 30 year old dude with a camera. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's fantastic. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, so it's, that's, it's something I do at every wedding and uh, the little cameras, I, I call it the dad cam. Um, and it's, so it's not a Super 8, it's a mini DV and it's it's a it's it was a very deliberate choice with that um because i know super eights are used in wedding films a lot but um i don't know about you but i grew up with my memories being captured on mini dv cameras not on super eights yeah Mm -hmm. um and and for me like all my clients are are my age and so i'm like well they would have grown up with their memories being captured on mini dv and so i'm going to use that camera rather than a super eight because that camera is going to hold much more nostalgia to them than a Super 8 camera would. That's going to feel like they're... It's also a lot cheaper to <laughs> shoot with a mini DV than it is with a, with a Super 8 because you can just transfer the footage with a Firewire cable rather than like paying for it to be d- developed in the lab. Wow. So it's it's also just cheaper. We're going we're to see an uptick in <laughs> yeah. mini DV camera sales after this episode. <laughs> I love that. I love the intentional choice. Honestly, that never would have even like crossed my mind, but you're so right. Like there's something really powerful, powerful about nostalgia and like bringing Mm. a piece of like your past and your childhood and where you came from into your wedding day, which is, Mm. you know, the start of um, your own legacy. And so that's so cool. Yeah. Like all of my memories from childhood are my dad holding our camera, you know, so, so fun. So um, we touched on this a little bit, but um, why why is it important that we find our own voice and our own style? I mean, well, so one is from a business standpoint in terms of like standing out from the crowd. So, you, you know, you're not just sort of like uh, get you, so you don't get lost in a, in a sea of other businesses who who will look like you. Um, and two is so that you just have a good time working you know you want to be doing you want to be making films you want to you enjoy making you want to you know um, work with couples who you enjoy working with you want to shoot weddings that you enjoy being at um and so honing in on on a style of film and a style of couple and a style of wedding that um really resonates with you is really important just to have a sustainable business really and to um a, just you to stand out and, and appeal to the couples that you, you you want to 
I think that's such a great point. And um, it probably took some time for you um, mm. to kind of like come to that realization. Cause I think mm. that it's so common for everyone else. Like in the beginning, you want to blend in. Um, you want to be like everyone else, emulate other things that you see. And it's not until you kind of like find your own footing in the business that you realize that that's actually um, doing yourself a disservice and mm. that it's better to stand out. It's kind of like being like in high school. Like when you're in high school, like, you just want to like be like everyone else. And then once you yeah. like get into like adulthood, you're like, actually I'm unique and it's okay that I'm unique and that's great so kind of like that yeah and so I definitely I definitely took me like yeah six or seven years of having my business look like a wedding film business until I realized I'm gonna make it not look like a wedding film business (laughs) and so that it looks different um and it wasn't yeah until I started seeing um predominantly the companies coming out of Australia that I was like, okay, I can actually do stuff different now. You know, the likes of Hunter. You're talking about like bottle bottle brush? Bottle brush films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Those guys who like actually started messing with like wedding film conventions and we realized, oh, I can do something that is, is like masculine and cool and and still feels like a wedding film company you know because i before that i would try to make things like feel like elegant and whimsical and like appeal to a bride and then it wasn't until i just yeah had this realization was like man is there's i'm sorry i'm I'm so sorry i'm swearing throughout (laughs) your podcast you're gonna be either be um bleeping me out or or something i'm I'm so 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 sorry i'll mark it as explicit it's all good yeah (laughs) um but yeah i was like there's there there is a bride and a groom and a bride doesn't necessarily have to like elegant pretty things she can like uh, like you know like i just started to question why i was copying other people and not really thinking about it and and whilst i still you know and sort of looked at the likes of like humdrum films and bottle brush and go like i want to be more like them and i'm sort of effectively copying um it's from a much more authentic place and in the sense that like it's like that's what i actually want to be doing and that's the kind of films i actually want to be making yeah no i love that and um I think that can go in like a variety of directions. And, um, for me, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, um, the people I've always idolized ever since day one is white and reverie. Like I'm pretty Mm. sure I found them like before I even like became a wedding filmmaker, like Mm. maybe while I was like doing research for my own wedding or something. Um, but I've always loved them and they spent several years like catering to the adventure elopement market, Mm. um, before they like pushed into like luxury. And so for a while I thought that, that I had to, do adventure elopements in order to Mm. be successful like that's what i thought like you know one plus one equals two like that's what you do (laughs) and it wasn't until like i started like realizing that no that's Mm. not what you have to do there's like lots of different ways to like be happy in this career and um you know there's hundreds of careers you can have to make the same if not more money than what Mm. we do so there's a reason why we do what we do and to Mm. be fulfilled in that is like first and foremost like the most Mm. important thing um otherwise you might as well go you know get an office job somewhere if you're not feeling fulfilled by your business um and so it wasn't until i was able to like have a heart to heart with like myself and my husband that i realized that like where i want to head in my own business and that's like doing some destination work like i I want to go to Europe and like explore those things mostly because my husband has no interest in doing that. And so I feel like it's going to be like my only opportunity <laughs> to like, yeah. to go on my own. Yeah. Um, Just go have so an e love moment. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a camera in my hand. It'd be yeah, awesome. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So I think that you and I are like very on the same page as far as like the industry and like mm. wedding filmmaking and how to run a business um, in more ways than one. And mm. one of the other ways is that you have your own podcast too. And so that's kind of how um, this interview came about. We're doing a collaboration. So I was on your show and you are coming on my show now. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and kind of your mission behind it? Yeah, so um, my podcast is uh, Show Love, um, and I started it just as a way to, I guess, connect with other f- f- filmmakers. Um, I wanted, I guess, a an impetus, an excuse, a deadline to um, to network and get in touch with people and sit down and have a conversation, um, and it's been great. I've 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 met. Um, and had conversations conversations with people um, that I never would have been able to without having a podcast. You know, like I interviewed um, Eric Floberg a few weeks ago, um, like getting to like meet with all the like Australian and US filmmakers who I've, um, you know, like uh, like followed their work for years. Um, getting to ch- chat to them has been awesome. Um, so it's mainly been a... A networking tool for me really um there's been up you know up until um recently there's been no sort of push from me to sort of uh monetize it or push it you know um particularly hard on social or anything um until now um i'm actually in the, in the process of of rebranding the podcast so um for one main reason that uh, the name show love is is already t- taken by another podcast which we actually started our podcast like only a few months apart and so i think when each of us were probably researching whether the the, the name was free we're like oh cool it's free and now and then we started one at the same time so yeah i'm i'm going to be rebranding the po- podcast um, making a website and i'm going to start to um push out some more um yeah educational content i'm working on some LUTs um and some other stuff all the kind of stuff that i've sort of like been bouncing around in my brain for the last 10 years of being a wedding filmmaker um is sort of all gonna um finally come into a head um you know after this wedding season that i'm just about to, to go into here in new zealand um when i'm in my next downtime that's all gonna sort of start to um start to yeah finally come to fruition it's all the stuff that i'm i'm sure you're um familiar with just sort of like bounces around in your head for a while and you like eventually have time to get onto it you know besides the other you know 50 million parts of your business that you're trying to run it at the same time absolutely (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's uh it's hard to be the kind of person who like wants to do all the things but has Mm. like so little time to do all the things um not a lot of sleeping happens (laughs) yeah yeah because you've got a young family i've got a, a, a a brand new family and so yeah sleep is very much low down the down the uh the picking order in terms of what we get around to doing yeah it's so true it's like kind of sad but it's true (laughs) it's sad but it's true it's parent it's parent life yeah and i don't know i feel like i want to use this as an opportunity to speak to like everyone who's listening like if you are the kind of person who wants to like start a youtube channel Mm. or start start a podcast whatever like just do it like (laughs) that's all like me and ben did we just one day just did it and um it doesn't really matter what already exists out there um if it's in your heart that you want to share um there's going to be people out there who want to listen to you so um 
yeah, I would just say go for it. I've had a few people approach me like with ideas and it's just like the more the merrier, like, you know, um, we all offer fresh perspectives and I can, um, you know, give, give the community something that you could never give and you can give mm. the community something that I could never give, you know, no yeah. matter how hard we try. And that's true. Same for everyone else. So if you're listening to this and you're, this is on your brain, um, this is your sign to, uh, to get going with that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, de- I'm definitely an advocate for just starting and, and one of the the phrases um, that I kind of live by is like, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. And so like, don't let like the idea of like, whatever your idea is, don't let the perfection of it get in the way of you just starting. And like, I obviously didn't have all the like, um, you know, perfect uh, framework and roadmap and everything for my podcasts uh, laid out before I started. But I was just like, oh, I'm just going to start this. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. <laughs> And then, yeah. and then once you start it, you're accountable and it just keeps going. Um, and you can figure it out along the way. It's fine. It's exactly my mm. journey. So yeah. samesies. <laughs> yeah, samesies. <laughs> awesome, Ben. Well, it's been cool. great talking to you. Um, I think yeah, that this has given the listeners um, something to listen to as far as like you're in control of what you create. You don't have to just create what you see. So totally. Thank Absolutely. Cool. You know, thanks so much for having me on the show it's been awesome I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode I want to hear from you my listeners what topics do you want to hear about on the podcast head on over to my Instagram at the level up co and send me a DM with topics you'd like to hear about as always I would love it if you left a review for the podcast wherever you're listening that goes a long way in helping more people find the show And until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.